Welcome to One Hot Thing, the podcast featuring advanced content marketing hacks from the world's best content creators. In each podcast episode, we take a deep dive into one aspect of our guests' marketing strategy, uncovering one specific content hack they use to grow their business. And now, your host, Natalie Haley. Welcome to the One Hot Thing podcast. Today's guest is the lovely Jessica Lorimer. Jessica is responsible for the huge success of small business owners across the world, focusing on successfully selling their services to corporate industries. She's a best-selling author, speaker, and podcaster, and she makes selling to corporate simple, successful, and fun. Let's dive into the interview. So hi, Jess. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. I am, especially as soon as I know what we're going to talk about. Would you like to introduce your one hot thing today? Yeah, of course. So today I'm hoping that we're going to have a really interesting discussion around baby bird syndrome and how creating too much free content will train your audience not to buy. Fantastic. So I love the name of it to start with. I think it's very descriptive. So I think I kind of know where this is going to go. And I think it's going to be really relevant to a lot of listeners because we have been kind of conditioned, haven't we, to be helpful and add a value and yeah, give us away as much for free as possible. But I'm guessing you're going to tell us about the dangers of that. So let's go dive right in. I think it's an interesting one. You know, um, when I started out in the online space, so I've had my business in the online space for six years now. And when I started out, the common theme was build it and they will come. And so it was give value, give value, give value. Gary Vee wrote a great book, uh, Jab, 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 Right Hook, that was fantastic. And everything was really created around if you um, give enough free content, eventually people will know, like, and trust you, and then they'll buy from you. What actually tends to happen is that we create this endless cycle of consumption. So if we're creating endless organic content all of the time, we're training our audiences only ever to consume. We're not training them to implement, and we're not training them to do anything else. So then what happens is we end up in this cycle where let's say you create a free webinar and then you run your free webinar and you get a bunch of signups and you're really excited. And then you end up with this audience who are like, right, we like your free webinar. And then you ask them to buy something. And there's that awkward crickets moment and people freak out, right? And I liken this to baby birds. You get a bunch of baby birds in the nest, they want food and they're sat there and they're cheeping away. And the job of the mama bird is to go off and bring back worms. And so every time they cheep, the mama bird drops in, have a worm, have a worm, have a worm. And she trains the baby birds in exactly the same way that we train our audiences. And then what happens is one day she gets sick of it and she's like, I'm done. Uh, Sort yourselves out. And she kicks them out of the nest. And you have that moment where the bird is terrified. It's like, oh my God, I have to fly for myself. I have to find my own food. I have to do all this stuff. And that's effectively what we do when we train our audience only to consume free content. Mm. You know, we effectively push them out of the nest by asking them to buy. And that's why most people find that they get this uncomfortable silence when they ask for the sale. Or they can get some really angry and defensive reactions from people who get really offended Mm. that they don't want to be sold to, that they say, I can't believe that you're giving me this free podcast episode, but how dare you sell at the beginning of it? Or Mm. they'll send nasty emails and things. And that's something that's really dangerous. We don't want to create that with our audiences because ultimately then what happens is that we end up in a situation where 
to combat the defensive comments or the anger or the crickets, mm. we go, oh, well, we'll give you something else for free. And suddenly everyone comes back again. And so we, we end up in this endless cycle where we're not actually building businesses. We're not actually training our audiences to consume and implement quality content. Mm. And then they should go on and take further actions. All we're training them to do is endlessly consume whatever's out there and never do anything with it and, and just get unreasonably angry when yeah. people ask them to step up to that next level. I think it's something that all of us have encountered. And I know I was only talking the other day to a client who was expressing frustration because on their emails that they send out to their email list, mm. um, you know, they would send maybe three emails with, you know, providing free content yeah. value. And then the fourth one would be, you know, selling basically. Um, and it would always be on that selling email where they would get loads of unsubscribes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and their frustration, and I can completely, um, completely empathise. So, what would your advice be for all those people out there who'd be thinking, "Oh my God, this is me"? Well, you know what? The good news is, if people unsubscribe, they weren't going to buy from you anyway, mm-hmm. and and that's their opportunity to walk away and you know vote with their feet, as it were. They're not going to buy from you. Why, do, why continue paying for them? You know, I, I say this quite openly on my podcast and that's because I'm incredibly blunt and very direct about things. But on my podcast, I talk regularly about the fact that people are getting access to 30 to 35 minutes worth of valuable content, information, tips and techniques that they can go and actively use. Mm. And in return for that, I expect to have 10% of that time, three to five minutes to talk about what I'm selling. And if you don't like it, cool, don't listen go and moan somewhere else. And as a result, I get very, very few emails from people who, who like to tell me how to do things because I don't invite feedback. I don't ask for it. In, in my world, you know, we, we kind of cultivate this attitude that actually I'm happy to give really high quality free content. And you should be, you shouldn't ever be afraid to give the what, but not the how, and you shouldn't ever limit the quality of your content. If you're going to give content away for free, give great quality content and people will go, Oh wow. If her free content is this good, then her paid stuff must be amazing. Mm. But don't train your audience to only accept free, you know, never ever shy away from selling more often. You should be selling every day in your business. You should be attaching a call to action to every single social media post, email newsletter, podcast episode, whatever content medium you're using, you should have a clear call to action on there every single time of how your audience can work with you. And that will normalize selling for them. You know, when we don't justify our actions, when we don't say, oh, I'm really sorry, but I have to sell to you today because, you know, there's this thing that's going on and and we kind of hedge around it. What happens is we make it an abnormal experience for our audience. So naturally they freak out because they're like, well, if you're scared about it, I should be concerned. Whereas when you turn around and you're not justifying it and you're saying, look, in order for me to continue running my free podcast or send you great tips via email or, you know, help you out in a free Facebook community, people buy from me. And effectively, those people buying from me is what funds the ability for me to give away great free content. So make sure that you become part of that cycle, whether you pay me directly yourself 
or whether you become a messenger and you go out and you recommend the podcast or the Facebook group or something else to somebody who might end up joining that ecosystem. Does that make sense? It really does, yeah. And so I guess in an ideal world, if you were just starting out in in your business, from day one, you would have this mindset of not feeling afraid. And then from day one, your audience would be, as you say, trained to expect that. But what about for, for those of us who have, you know, have maybe been in business for a few years and maybe haven't done that that training and whose audience is surprised and taken about when we try and sell how can people start when they're already a few years down the line i think the thing that you mentioned there around not being afraid is a good place to start you're always going to be afraid your audience is ultimately what controls your revenue. And so we're always going to be afraid to lose them. We're always going to be afraid that we'll do something that will upset them or that will make them leave. And the reality is that when it comes to turning an audience around who have become baby births, you need to really take a hard line and set a boundary and actually start selling no matter what. So if your audience goes quiet for a week and suddenly people aren't responding to your posts in your Facebook group or maybe your podcast listens drop a little bit, it doesn't matter. You need to hold that line rather than going and compensating or overcompensating by giving more and going back to the way that you've always done it. You need to actually focus on that new element of your business and how you're going to move forward because either those people will accept the opportunity to step up And they'll accept that they've had quite a lot for free from you and they will go, oh yeah, actually maybe it is time for me to step up and improve my skills or learn something differently from this person or that person. And I need to invest in that or they'll step out. Mm -hmm. And in that case, you've lost nothing because when we talk about ideal clients, everyone's like, oh, I want the ideal client who's motivated, who's going to do the work, who's going to show up. Well, if they're stepping out of your audience because they're so scared that you might actually sell to them, that's not a motivated and inspired person who's going to take action. That's somebody who's not ready yet. So they're not an ideal client. You're not losing anything. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's what it all comes back to with all, I guess, isn't it? Is, uh, yeah, cutting the, you know, separating the wheat from chaff as it were and ending up with perhaps a much smaller pool of people, but people who are much more likely to, to buy from you. Yeah, well, if you look at it, I so I pivoted my business last year. I had a successful seven-figure business um, from year two. And last year, I decided to go into a completely different business area. I started teaching entrepreneurs the skills that I'd been using with my private clients to help them teach uh, or to help them sell their services to corporates. So it was quite a nerve-wracking thing because the majority of my audience are or were online entrepreneurs who wanted the laptop lifestyle. They wanted, you know, to be selling to other um, business owners, other solopreneurs. They didn't want to go back into corporates. And so it was a quite a dangerous move in, in some respects. We set up the um, Selling to Corporate podcast in June last year. And in our first month, we didn't promote it at all. I wanted to see what would happen organically. And um, somehow we managed to get 124 listeners, which is tiny, right? Tiny, tiny, tiny. And in November 2019, we hosted the first Converting Corporates event. And actually, 80% of people who bought tickets came from that podcast. So that podcast that had never had more than 250 listeners a month managed to sell out £23,000 worth of tickets to this event that was the first time we'd ever held it. And today, I mean, we're just about to have the biggest month ever on, on the podcast and it will be about, I don't know, 950 listens, maybe a thousand if we're lucky, um, in, in a month. And, and that's a huge growth from, from where it was eight months ago. But 
to date, the podcast has generated about £150,000 worth of revenue. So with and that's with a tiny tiny audience that's that podcast and that that podcast has then gone on to fill a facebook group of about 300 people so when people talk to me about huge audiences and you know what happens if we have to get rid of our baby birds and then our audience won't be huge well who cares would you rather have an audience of you know let's say 300 people in a Facebook group and about 900 who are going to listen to a podcast, they're going to generate 150,000. Or would you rather have 15,000 people in a Facebook group that you have to actively manage? You have to clamp down on promotion. You have to make sure everyone feels warm and fuzzy who aren't paying you, who aren't interested in what you have to sell, who just hang out with you and then berate you when you dare to sell to them as a business owner. I mean, I know what I would rather yeah, exactly. And a lot of it's just vanity, isn't it? And also us comparing ourselves to other people and all oh, day, yeah. you know, the audience is this big and they have this many followers and all the rest of it and this many people on their email list. And But it's right what you say, it's better to have a few of yeah. potentially highly converting people than thousands of, if not very. Well, the thing is, it's just as easy or difficult to sell a £50 product as it is to sell a £5,000 product. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you've got a smaller audience sell something that's at a premium level mm-hmm. and that will be able to give you more ability and, and headspace to create really good free content that is designed to convert those people who are prospects yeah absolutely so when people have got over this fear of selling can you do you think that you can ever go too far in selling so for example with selling to your email list you know, a lot of people do say, you know, three emails giving and then one selling. Do you subscribe to that point of view or for you, is it okay to sell in every email or? No, I believe, I believe you've got to do what's right. And ultimately if something's relevant, why would I hide that from my audience? Mm-hmm. That's the question that I always make. When I, you know, I'm obviously a woman, so I go out quite regularly with other women and we will always talk about, oh, your dress is really nice. And the first question that comes out is, where did you get it? And then your friend will always say, oh, yeah, I got it from so-and-so. And And it was, you know, maybe it was on offer or maybe they had them only left in this size, but you can still get them online or da-da-da-da. And and women will often have conversations about clothes, about, you know, what they're buying for their kids, holidays, cars, all this kind of stuff. And we're always asking, what did you buy? Who did you buy it from? Where did you get it? How much was it? And so it really interests me that online it's become this really dirty part of the conversation. Why would you not tell your friends, which is how I would consider the people who have subscribed to my email list. I would consider them. Absolutely. They're, you know, I call my podcast listeners, my poddies, you know, we, we have conversations like we're pals because we're spending time together regularly. So why would I not tell them about something that could help them? It might be something that I'm telling them about that is mine, a product or service that's mine. It might be one of my friend's products or services. It might be somebody I have no idea, but I'm using the product or service and I really like it. So, you know, sales is not something that should be hidden from your audience. And I don't believe that you can do it too much with the right people in your audience. What you must always make sure is that there's value alongside the sell. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very different to send out 23 emails in one week that all just say, buy my thing and give no value other than buy my thing versus sending 23 emails that are highly targeted and segmented to people who may have clicked on the offer, but not necessarily bought people who, you know, click through to a page, but then didn't go through the process. 
and actually segmenting that in a way that takes them on a journey and adds value at different stages. Mm-hmm. So no, I, I, I don't subscribe to the send three emails and then send one that sells because like you say, you will notice more unsubscribes that way because, and you'll always attach the unsubscribes to the sales emails when really it might not be. It might not be the, the um, fact that you are positioning a sale in that email at all. It might be something completely different. But also, how do you even keep track of that? I mean, when somebody joins your list, what if they just get a sales email that week? What, is, what if that's the first week they've joined? So that's what they end up with. Do you then feel bad for that person? Are you supposed to try and overcompensate in some other way? I, I don't believe that there's a hard and fast rule around that. Mm. That's a really good point, actually. Fantastic. So hopefully that has inspired a lot of people to just be brave and not be afraid of it. And yeah, don't feel feel bad for doing it. Would you like to just let you know where they can find out more about this kind of thing from you about the podcast and where they can connect with you online? Yeah, of course. Um, if you are interested in adding a corporate revenue stream to your business, you'd be best off checking out the podcast. It's called Selling to Corporate because I couldn't be bothered to name it anything more original. Um, <laughs> so you can check it out there on iTunes. And from there, it will give you links if you want to join the Facebook group or anything like that and download any of the free stuff to learn how to sell to corporates. So you can do that from there too. Super duper. And I can't finish the interview without asking my final surprise question at the end. Yeah, I'm excited about this. It's Tuesday today. It's Tuesday evening tonight. What will you be having for your dinner tonight? Oh, I thought you were going to ask what was on television. I was just <laughs> racking my brain. I was like, oh, it's Holby, Holby City tonight, um, yeah, which is far more exciting in my world. Uh, but dinner tonight, I am waiting for my Acabo shop actually to come tomorrow. So I'm at that awkward end of the month where I'm having to kind of look around and, and see what I've got left in the cupboards. So I think I'm going to have chicken enchiladas uh, made with chicken thighs because I have no breast fillets left Um, and potentially only with half a pepper and some kale because I'm not entirely sure I've got veg wise. So that's that's what it's looking like. It's a it's a make do manage less exactly. <laughs> it's it's not a Delia special, put it that way. <laughs> I'm sure it will be absolutely delicious. If oh. not, if, you know there is a Domino's around the corner. I was so. going to say, if not, takeaway is always the perfect opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, thank you so much. It was great to chat. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's been great. This podcast is part of the You Are the Media Network. For more content marketing advice, head to hotcontent.co.uk. Why not join the Hot Content Marketing Group on Facebook too? Come and meet other like-minded entrepreneurs and share knowledge, ask questions and gain support in promoting your business online. See you in there.